Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Oh, hearing all the, the sights and sounds of the shows bring me back, Steve. <laughs> now, uh, you're, been a while. How are you? You're getting the shakes. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some good, some bad. You know that's how that's how life is. But no, it's good to be back. It's great to have you back. So, let's start with quarterbacks. Uh, you've taken a long look at at quarterbacks. You know your your career. So, Sean Clifford, uh, where do you see better, and uh, what are some other areas as well? He's gotten a lot better at post snap diagnostics. Uh, I'm re- actually really impressed with what he's been able to do this season as far as diagnosing zone coverages specifically and then being able to find the right receiver in stride and hit those players. So that was a thing that he struggled with early in his career, and, and one thing that I think really paralyzed him last year was, you know, in those situations in a new offense, trying to do all of that and process his information and the other information. This year so much more settled. So I think that he's he's become a very mature, capable quarterback of moving the offense down the field. And that's been the story of the season for me is when Sean Clifford can put together a, dr- a drive and make throw after throw after throw, Penn State's threatened to score points. And, and he's really been the engine of the offense. The biggest things are, you know, some of the – he's never been a, a great deep ball thrower in terms of specific throws. I think there are areas of the field he struggles with. And, you know – not to put too fine a point on it, but the go balls at the end of the game against Michigan, he's never consistently hit that particular throw. Uh, but he is a, you know, when he sees it and he can deliver the ball down the field, he's an accurate quarterback. Um, but it's the, it's the second level throws against zone. So there's always an underneath window and there's a second window that develops and just the consistency of hitting those bigger throws to make those big time plays. You can remember the ones to Jahan Dotson. You can remember some of them to Keandre Lambert-Smith. But can too cons- it's been too consistent that he's either missed those throws or uh, hasn't taken them. And that's really one area where I think that's where you see some of the offensive problems, not just the receiver is not making big plays, but some of the times that the, they're not targeted in those situations. Uh, so he has a chance if he wants, and this will be his call to come back next year. If you were to sit down with him, what would you tell him? So that's tough. Um, the, to put good film out there for the NFL, he would need a good situation. Because the other part of what, you know, the other part of the narrative about Sean Clifford that I think is pretty concrete and how teams attack him is that he doesn't play well under pressure, specifically, when there's actually pass rushers that get to him. Now, he can break the pocket and run, and he's an athletic quarterback that can make you, make people pay for playing single coverage against him by running with those underneath routes and all that stuff. So is he going to have the environment where he can operate an offense and win games and that sort of a better narrative heading into his NFL career? I mean, that's, that is as much about the offense as it is about the individual player. And at that point, I, I think – you you've got to you've got to take a shot on yourself. You got to believe in yourself, and uh, you know whether or not he does that at Penn State or if he does that anywhere else. The, the clock is ticking on his NFL career as a fifth year player. Um, I, 
I, I'm torn, truthfully. I'm, I'm very torn. I would have a hard time advising him. I think he should go to the NFL and give it a try because he can do all of those things on a practice squad and he can work on all of those things full-time at that point because I'm not sure even if he comes back he'll be a draftable player because of his age and because of you know what teams are looking for from a traits perspective and the overwhelming arm talent and all that stuff. He can't change any of that stuff. So I think that the, the best course for him might be to go and work on himself in an environment where he's a full-time professional. So when you looked at C.J. Stroud, what did you think of him? Uh, I, was, I was impressed with his ability to battle back from mistakes and from areas where he wasn't performing up to the standard. So I know the narrative coming in was he hadn't been pressured. He was playing seven-on-seven football for most of the season. And I know you and I sat down and had a, a conversation about uh, Dwayne Haskins back in the day, same thing. Haskins did not respond in that moment. I thought Stroud responded well enough that he was able to win that football game, make some big-time throws. Right. Uh, all season, he's been throwing the ball high. That's the thing. is like He's, right. he's a little bit less accurate than, than I think everyone and, was expecting. And doesn't run. And, I think people, make, and people assumed he'd be, he would run some. He doesn't run. No. Nope, he is a pocket passer. Yep. I didn't think he was particularly great out of structure. He made some good plays, but it's not like he uh, – and that's, a, that's an area I also give him credit, is that's a guy that wants to play from the pocket and win that way first. Yeah. But he does have to kind of add that element, I think. In the modern football game, there are very few players that win exclusively from the pocket, especially if you're not going to be a bang-on accurate quarterback that throws the ball – precisely, because his receivers are doing a lot of the work. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and, and especially Garrett Wilson, some of those high balls that he's throwing, they're coming down with, and they're making big plays. And, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to overstate that he's been terrible. You know, I think everyone saw he played a good game. But it is as much the players around him as it is him, the quarterback. But when pressed, I thought he did respond, and that was kind of the difference in the game. Yeah. Uh, have you had a chance to look at Peyton Thorne yet? I mean, he played in here last year, and I liked him very much. But have you had a chance to even look at any tape of him, like the maybe even the a Michigan bit. game? What did you think? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so a Big Ten quarterback, you know, is kind of where my baseline was of, okay, so this is a guy that can operate in an offense. Well, let me so put it this way. In this conference, this conference is not the cradle of quarterbacks right now. So yeah, Exactly. Yeah, and he's been above average, so – uh, he, he has more special traits than Cade McNamara. So, like, he'll throw the ball down the football field. I, 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 going back to the game against Michigan, Cade McNamara won the game throwing crossing routes. Like, he was not doing the heavy lifting for it, that ex- offense. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, which Peyton is what Ford I said. Throw the ball down the field. Essentially, what I said on Monday was the two best throws McNamara made in the game. The touchdown on, on the post to, to Wilson was one. Yep. And the second touchdown pass to Wilson. I thought those were the two best throws he made all day. Everything else, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he put the ball exactly where he needed to to evade Joey Porter Jr. on both those plays. If you go back and you watch the, the replay, he threw the ball directly at the referee's head on the one-yard touchdown pass. So, I mean, he put it in a spot where the receiver wasn't. That anticipatory sort of throwing that was a really good thing. And he put that on film throughout the year that he's not incapable of doing that. Right. It's just the offense isn't built to do that. On the flip side, 
Uh, I do think Peyton Thorne has more potential to win you a football game. Uh, he, he does a great job of, of feathering the ball downfield in the windows. I haven't done as much work on him, but obviously I watched the Michigan State game and I watched some of the stuff against other opponents throughout the season. Uh, and, and I was not expecting as much as I saw. So that is one thing I'll say about going into that game is when Penn State plays a good quarterback, the game is very much 50-50 because the defense is good and the defense can hold up against those teams, and we've seen them do that, but it's the offensive consistency to score points on the other side that has struggled and kind of lagged behind. I think everyone is aware of that. So when you play a good quarterback and they're going to make those timely throws, that does give the favor to the other team, which is certainly not the case this coming weekend. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's not the case this weekend, no. Uh, and by the way, Thorne, we, a key cog for Michigan State, uh, and an unknown is Jalen Naylor, who was uh, had in his hand in a cast, and they don't know if he's going to play. I doubt he's going to play, but not you know Reed's his guy. But you can focus on Reed when, when he's there. There's no there's no getting around it. You uh, did a nice piece on the Penn State defense earlier this week. Uh, your thoughts on them because they have put together a lot of really good performances. Uh, it, it's it's. A little bit of it's just a shame because special coverage units, players that are special at taking the ball away, don't come around often. And to have those players together in the secondary, um, they've been legitimately great. And and you'd love to hang on to them for another year and see if you can piece them together with a better offensive output. But, um, I mean, I know that they've given up some late touchdowns. And you have a true freshman in there. He's playing, you know, in a big moment against his home state team, and he gives up a touchdown that ultimately wins the game. I don't think that's indicative of Kalen King, and I don't think that's indicative of the defensive performance this season. But they have had those late-game touchdowns where guys have, have had, uh, you know, coverage busts, but for the most part, they've been a special unit. And they've been tasked with going out and winning a lot of games, and they've come within a dropped interception of doing it several times. And I, I give players credit for getting to the football to begin with. If yeah. you don't come down with it as a defender, you should, like, that's the goal, right? But your, your goal is to stop the offense. And you, you did that by breaking up that pass. Right. So, you know, Brisker, Joey Porter Jr., really the lights come on for him. Jair Brown has been a little bit more inconsistent, but his highs have been elite. So this unit, just in general, is one of the best I've seen personally. Uh, and if one of these guys isn't drafted in the first round in the NFL draft, I that I will start to believe the conspiracies against you know biases against schools that produce certain positions because Jaquan Brisker is is phenomenal. He is, like, he is I, I enjoy watching him play football. I mean, he stands by side by side with me with Mark Robinson as the best safety I've seen here. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so let me give you. Slot corner is so important. What has Daquan Hardy meant as a slot corner in this defense? Uh, I, you know, I think whoever plays the slot is one of the more important players on the defense because they have to make your defense whole. Yep. Um, and and he has done that. In and he's been an elite. He's been an elite single coverage defender that you feel comfort, comfortable and confident putting out there in almost any situation. Um, Ohio State, uh, I'm trying to think of the other games 
where where he's he's made a huge difference. Well, Auburn, I'll, I'll give, I'll um, I know there was one. the one play in the slot, but he was I, I, great against Auburn too. How about the the Maryland game because they go all out blitz, they're cover zero. Brian Cobb's going down the middle, and yep. he knocked it away. I mean, that's early in the game. It's a play everybody forgets about, but you're cover zero there, and he makes yep. he makes that yep. play. I, I would argue that he's been their second best corner this year. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. has a tough job of of being on the boundary and facing some of the best receivers, but the reality in college football is you can put a receiver any, anywhere you want anymore, so you're going to have guys that are the elite of the elite going in, into the slot, and Daquan Hardy has not been giving up passes in that area. So I, I think he's been their second-best corner. I, I think he's a phenomenal coverage player. Uh, I was really interested at the beginning of the season, because just because of, purely because of his size, and bringing in a guy like Johnny Dixon, I, who had some slot versatility in, previously in his career, yeah. I thought maybe he might push for some playing time there, and Daquan Hardy shut the door on that. Yep. And he has been just elite. Um, but I also think that Curtis Jacobs has been doing a great job oh, as their Sam linebacker. Really good. Because yeah. that's the other half of it. If you can find a guy like 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 him to play at that position, you don't need to sub in your nickel corner as much. And you can be better against the run. And Jacobs, the nature of the position, he's going to give up some passes, especially out in the flat in certain coverages. But I think overall he has been an impact player at three levels of the defense, which is what his potential was that we all saw last year and then especially in the spring. And he's, he's lived up to that. So that particular position between those two players that I kind of look at as co-starters of that, of that area, it's been a huge benefit for Penn State in coverage. I do have to close up by asking about a guy that's seven yards away from 1,000, and that is Jahan Dotson. You mentioned Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson has had a phenomenal season. He's really good. The Bell kid at Purdue's really, really good too. What do you think of Dotson? Yeah. Uh, what do I think of him as a football player? Like you mean, like going to the next level? Next or level. Next at level. The college level. Well, let's go next level. Uh, so I want him on my team. There's no way around it. There's just like. That's the end of the story. If you're an NFL team, you want Jahan Dawson to be on your football team. Yep. The question then becomes, do you build a passing offense around a guy like Jahan Dawson? And that is really the nuanced conversation of first round or early second round for me. Because, again, I, you know, all the testing numbers are going to be very important for Jahan because I don't think people believe the speed numbers, so he's going to have to back that up in uh, the offseason. But there's no way around that he's fast. Like, he's obviously fast. His ball control skills and his, his acrobatics in the air, I don't see anybody that matches him in that area. The 86-yard the the touchdown pass against Maryland, when he breaks through everybody, that's where the speed showed up. Yep, that's, that's exactly right. Um, uh, just one area that, that is, I think is, is fair to point out, too, is if he doesn't have those man coverage situations and it's not a receiver's game where he can run routes and toast cornerbacks, right. if, if he has to break tackles, that is one area that I do think is a flaw in his game that, that teams are going to pick a part of. Okay, he's not going to be our wide receiver one because we can't put the ball in his hands at any point and he'll go 80. But we can put the ball in his hands in six different situations and he'll, he'll go 75. So, you know, the complete profile, very few of those guys exist. But he, he will be on the just on the outside of that. There's no way around he's a phenomenal receiver. 
absolute pleasure having you back. You're doing great work over there. Always good to be here. Yeah, you're doing great well, work thank over you. there. I hope that. you're enjoying it. Well, you got to when you make up your own job. So, <laughs> <I thought that. laughs> Thomas Frank Carr joining us on the show. T. Frank, thank you, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. But have, yes, go ahead, please. I was going to say, I, I do have to say, seeing as I'm here, uh, now that I'm hosting my own show, I have to say, I, I, I didn't even realize how much I was learning from you in the moments I was learning from you. So thank you. I, I've learned a lot of lessons that I've taken on with me, and I wanted to give you your just credit for that. Oh, well, that's very kind of you to even think about that, but you've done great on your own, but thank you. Uh, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy thank Thanksgiving to you and your, your wonderful wife. That is... Uh, I'll pass along the messages. Please, please do. Just 